Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of the Travel Weekly podcast. On this episode, I spoke to James Ferreira, the boss of the much-talked-about homeworking group in Teletravel, and asked him about some of the negative reaction the business has received since it entered the UK market. Plus, I caught up with Andy Washington, formerly of Donata Travel and Expedia, and now at Culture Trip, where he is setting up its travel division. They were both panellists at our business breakfast event last week, all about the future of selling travel, which you can, of course, read about in this week's magazine and on our website. James, thank you very much for coming on the Travel Weekly podcast. It's good to meet you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Before we get on and talk about IntelliTravel, tell me a bit about yourself, how you started out in the industry and your background. Oh, my gosh. Ancient history. <laughs> I've been in the travel industry for over 30 years now. I was actually... Um, an executive with the French investment banking firm, Lazard Frere and & Company, and a partner and I saw an opportunity to acquire a travel business. Uh, we did that in 1991 and relaunched that business as IntelliTravel with what was then an unheard of idea, a single location supporting a wide network of outside independent travel agents. We are generally recognized in the U.S. as being the first of what we now call a host agency. Over the last uh, 28 years, that business has grown to be the largest agency of its kind in the United States, uh, both in terms of the number of agents and in terms of the travel sales, which is the more important number. Um, and we are a top-selling agency for all the major brands in the U.S. We are award-winning. We moved into uh, the U.K. last year and into Mexico um, a little bit later, last fall. And uh, now in the U.K. we have uh, received our APTA approval and invitation into membership from APTA. And so business is really beginning here. In the month of April, we did almost as much travel selling as we did in the entire year of 2018 here in the UK, just to give you an example. And then we have 2,500 agents under written contract with us here in the UK. And that's up from 1,800 just, what, a month or so ago? A couple of months ago, wow. yes. Uh, were you anticipating, there's been a lot of criticism and, and negativity around IntelliTravel uh, in, in, uh, among established travel agents. Did you anticipate that level of scepticism and criticism? Well, I'm in the unusual position of having been in this position before, right? We started this 28 years ago. We were called illegal, immoral, everything else you could imagine because no one had ever done what we've done. And our even though there are homeworker agencies here in the UK, our flavor of homeworker agency is a bit unique, unusual for the UK. Uh, we bring new sellers into the uh, market. We do not um, target existing travel agents at other agencies, but we're bringing in people who have rich lives. Perhaps they've been in another business and they're retiring, or they continue to have another business, or they're entrepreneurial. They sit on their church board, they sit on their council, they, uh, they're in a professional organization, and all of those spheres of influence become potential customers. So 
did we anticipate this? I would say yes, but it only came from a certain quadrant. Let's be very clear. It did not come from suppliers. It did not come from large professional agencies. It came from individual agents, largely traditional agents, many no longer productive agents, but still vocal. And in fact, once we received our membership, it became clear that it was a vocal minority because the majority began to speak up in these online forums and say, now that they have APTA membership, leave them alone. They deserve the same chance that we all got when we started. And get back on with your own business. Stop wasting time talking about other people's businesses. I mean, the whole conversation has pivoted. Because you've got a lot of suppliers now. In, in, in the um, business breakfast we hosted uh, here at Google today, you're saying, you know, everyone wants to work with you. Sure, and there were probably a dozen of them here already. Um, we're working with all the major cruise lines. Uh, we've put in the top uh, holiday and packager uh, suppliers. Now we're working into the second tier, the more niche suppliers. I haven't met a uh, partner yet who does not want to work with IntelliTravel. What do you say, though, to that small, as you describe, quadrant of, of agent opinion that says, look, your your agents aren't experienced, uh, it's not a, a level playing field, um, it's a professional job that needs a certain level of expertise and training. Your agents don't have that. What's well, your response? Well, there's a part of me that doesn't have a response because, honestly, I don't consider it a good use of my time to respond to them um, or to monitor that sort of thing. My focus is on our business, on our customers, serving our customers and making sure my agents are profitable. Um, however, out of respect for the industry, because I do respect the industry, I will answer and say they just don't know anything about our business. None of those people called to ask about our business. They're expressing opinions about what we do, and they don't know what we do at all. And the proof of that is that APTA looked in every nook and cranny of our business and unanimously voted to approve us for membership. It's just gone dark. I don't know what that means. Oh, the lights just the lights just went I off. I said something wrong. I, I mentioned APTA and the lights went off. They've gone back on now. Sorry. You did very well. You just carried on speaking. So, well, they've gone off again. Anyway, we will continue uh, because you've said, didn't you, you're actually, you did admit that you're all the better for it, for going through all those, um, jumping through all those hoops for APTA. Sure. You did admit that actually that was a good process. And it is the last thing I said walking out of the final membership committee meeting. I, I said, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how you vote, I do want to acknowledge that we are a better company now for this process that we've gone through with APTA. For the questions they raised, for the suggestions they made, um, and so, in a sense, I wish we had an APTA in the U.S., and, uh, and we don't. It's a bit messy in the U.S. We have several different organizations. No one really has the lead. There is no formal regulation. So uh, there's a certain clarity here, and APTA takes its charge very seriously. They, um, their mission to protect the reputation of the industry and to protect UK travellers 
um, they're doing a terrific job, in my opinion. Where are you at with your, because you're seeking an atoll license as mm -hmm. well, where are you at with that? I can't say anything, I, I mean, it would un be unseemly for us to comment on the process with Atoll, other than to say that we're processing a license application. And, and membership of a, a consortia? Uh, you spoke a bit about that In, today. Yeah, investigating, but um, no decision yet. There are wonderful bus business benefits to joining uh, a consortium. And um, we just have not made a decision yet. There are things that we, that a typical agency might need from a consortium that we don't. We have our own training. We have our own technology. We have, you know, very strong business uh, tools. But we're new to this marketplace. And one thing a consortium has is buying power, purchasing power with suppliers. We don't have to come in as a zero sales organization if we come in through a, a consortium partner. So it's possible that there's a benefit there for us. Okay. Last question. You've recruited 2,500 agents in the UK already. Mm -hmm. That, I'm sure, will continue to grow. That's a big number. Is there a high turnover? Do lots of people go, oh, yes, I fancy being a travel agent, and then those that make it do and then there's actually a lot of people that end up leaving uh, no we have a low attrition rate honestly because first of all it's very inexpensive to have a business in travel within teletravel uh, if you were to go it alone you could spend tens of thousands of pounds getting you'd have to be bonded and doing all the things that you'd have to do um, Whereas, you know, we have an extremely reasonable business proposition. So that, coupled with our training and our drive to productivity, see, we talk about the number of agents, everyone, because the scale that IntelliTravel works at is so unusual. So we kind of focus on that number. But as I said earlier, it's not the right number. The number to focus on is the travel sales. And everything we do is designed to drive those Volume. travel sales. Okay. Um, are the majority sorry I said that was my last question but this is my last question are the majority of the people that have signed up in the UK are they doing it part time they have other jobs during the day perhaps um, and they're doing this on the side the majority yes um, for some people IntelliTravel is their plan B right it's because they have a 9 to 5 job and they're looking at freeing themselves from that eventually for or perhaps retirement or just a, a second stream of income which is something i preach it's very important for us all to have multiple streams of income so the majority start out looking at this as a plan b but watch out because your plan b can often turn into your plan a james thank you very much for speaking with me it's my pleasure thank you Andy, thank you very much for joining us on the Travel Weekly podcast. Hello. Okay, so you've been brought into Culture Trip to lead its travel division, but before we get on to that, just explain for people that don't know much about it, what it is and who it's targeted at. So Culture Trip is a travel, entertainment and media company uh, with inspirational content, content editors and writers, inspiring the world and people to travel and explore places that are special and unique. Okay. So we take content 
content at the top of the funnel, inspire people, help with their planning, and when we launch our OTA, we'll help you enable you to book and explore the world. You like that word, funnel. Uh, you said it a few times on the, the stage here at the, our business breakfast event. I've seen it used a lot in articles um, where you've been interviewed. Just explain, again, for those that don't understand that phraseology, what, what, what that means. Uh, yeah, probably just an industry term that I've, I've seen in many businesses, but the funnel is basically the behavior and the, the usability of a consumer. What is their pattern? What do they do from when they're inspired to go uh, on a travel, on a trip, to when they book, and when actually they've explored their travel when they come back? That's the full funnel. So, you know, many data points that it's 46 clicks, 73 clicks online for someone to book. That is the full funnel because it's not just going to an OTA and making your booking. And, and the real way I try to put it is like a, a very good high street travel agent of when someone has walked in through that door, how they're in, they look at the brochures, or the travel agent finds out what they do, what they like, where they've been, how they've worked with them before, what their budget is. And then they make the booking and then they get their tickets and then they go on holiday and they find out what they've done. That's a full funnel as well. Um, so that's what we're trying to build and that's what we're enabling uh, the consumer to do with culture trip. Okay, it's a lot of talk about the culture economy. Um, so just explain a bit about what that means. Yeah, we've recently just launched our cultural mindset study and that was reviewing over 10,000 people, 150 interviews. The cultural economy is a real mindset of people that are looking for slow culture and fast culture. They're looking for different types of things to do. So people in the world is evolving. Social media is, is helping with that um, and changing people's behaviours. But a cultural economy really is about those people that are looking for more than just being a tourist. So when they go away, yes, if they a visitor comes to London, of course they might go to Buckingham Palace, but they also want to go and explore local foods or traditions. So it could be fish and chips on a Friday, which is traditional to us, but the tourists coming in and experiencing that, that's that's the cultural economy. Um, so as I said at the beginning, last year Culture Trip announced plans to launch an OTA. You've been brought in to do that with all your experience working at Donata, Speed, and, and many more. So when when will the uh, OCA be ready on Culture Trip? Uh, I can't give you a date, but very soon. Don't we're, give us we're, the we're very close. Um, I, I haven't got the firm firm date today, um, but we're very close. Um, it's it's so an the next week, next month. Uh, over the next few weeks. Okay. Uh, coming soon. It's coming soon. Um, OTA sometimes gets viewed as well. That's Expedia. You're building Expedia. I didn't come in to replicate all the great things we did at Expedia and just put that on Culture Trip. OTA to us is that full funnel piece um, I actually look at some of the OTAs out there as internet booking engines they take a transaction and they convert people they're very good at that we go back to this full funnel piece and inspiring planning orientation and booking that to us again what a really good high street travel agent would do that full funnel piece that's an OTA You're trying to, to bring that online online yes okay and and what exactly will will it offer when it is ready and and how have you chosen what you're going to offer yeah at launch we are going to be going with places to stay so accommodation and experiences um, they are two areas we focus on to start because we'll start lean um, but also because we work with affiliate partners on accommodation to date and we will continue to work with those partners within our bookable engine as well um, how have we picked that today well it's really about customer behavior looking at the data understanding our brand 
fit, understanding that cultural economy, understanding our audience through the segmentation studies and the cultural mindset study that we did, and then picking and choosing, working with the right partners to start. We will expand that out, we will scale those models, but it's really is what does the customer want, solving for that behavior and using data to allow okay. us to do that. So will you be, you'll be selling experiences? Uh, experiences as well, well. yes, we've, we've been uh, testing some of those so far. So the first one we, we ever launched was a peanut butter espresso martini tour, um, and it sold out five nights. Um, there's millennial audience, there's a new audience that wants these cultural experiences. They're just one-off tests, yeah. and we will start to scale this right. out. And then eventually you'll look to integrate flights as well? Uh, we will then go to flights, packages, transfers, car hire. We want to be a full-service OTA, but that will come later down the line. And would you partner with someone like Airbnb and integrate what they have to uh, offer? We currently work with Airbnb as an affiliate okay. partner. Okay. Um, we will work with other vacation rental partners through API feeds and inventory feeds or contracting direct. Yeah. If our audience wants that, that's the inventory that they want, then that's what we'll get. Because that's them. what you spoke about a lot at the business breakfast event. You were on the panel. You said, you know, you've got to be guided, or travel companies need to be guided by what the customer wants, and that's quite that's the yeah. forefront of your kind of policy or your strategy, isn't it? I've been schooled at that through my career. I've worked at tour operators, but but fundamentally, a lot of tour operators say, "This is what we've got. Please book it." And that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the customer wants. Some tour operators make sure that they're solving for the customer. But that's not what we're about and that's not, not what I'm about. We want to understand what does the customer want and we find that inventory, we match it to them and we give them what they want and need. Okay. Um, will travel agents, more traditional high street agents and home workers, will they ever be able to sell culture trips? packages and, and products down the line? Uh, it, it could be an option for us. We've, we've had many discussions about what cult, Culture Trip could be in the future and we will evolve our model again based off the data, based off the results and what the customer wants. But there is a potential B2B play there as well, whether that's with hotel concierges taking our content. We already work with some travel partners on they take our content through through their businesses as well. But yes, travel agents as well. We've got all this great inspiring content. We can partner up with travel agents. We could even have some travel agents sat behind the scenes that are taking calls, yeah, taking you've bookings. you mentioned a call centre, you? Could, could you might be need a human at the yeah, end. Yeah, we, we will have a call centre. We will be launching with a, a call centre. Okay. That doesn't mean that that can't expand then into... You know, those, those home workers, those influencers and those specialists. That's not saying that's what we're doing, but that, they are options. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you like this episode and any of our other episodes, please rate them on the Apple Podcasts app. We'll be back in two weeks' time.